0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
1: Well, welcome back,
2: everybody. Or welcome to our show, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, we're going to be here till noon. We're talking about car, car repair, estimates, symptoms analysis, actual repairs. What do I do if I paid a bunch of money to fix my car and they didn't fix it? Um, how should I make myself look special to my shop? <laughs> I, don't what? Think, I don't think we've ever touched base on that. That's my wife Renee, and and so those kinds of things, anything car related, six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. If you want to get in early, you can. We've got five lines. Gil runs the board. He'll be saying good morning to you. You'll give him your name, and what I'd like you to do is is just give me year, make, and model and mileage of the car, and then we'll talk symptoms. Or if it's unrelated to symptoms, then you know, tell your story, and we'll get to the question. So again, 602 six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. Let's go to Brad real quick, and he's a, a, a quick on the draw. That's good because yep. sometimes
3: it gets too long, and and uh, we can't get them in.
2: Yep, Brad. Good morning to you, buddy. How can we help you? Good morning, Mark.
4: Hey, I have a 2007 Freightliner Sprinter, uh, three liter diesel, 130,000 miles. I got a uh, code on it. It was the mass airflow uh, code. And so I put a new mass airflow sensor in it. And now I'm getting the code that uh, max for those circuit range performance problem.
2: How much did that mass airflow sensor cost you?
4: 142.
2: Okay. Well... Um, I can tell you right now that probably 75% of the time, it's not the mass airflow sensor. All right. So, I, I, you know, that, it, it's, they, there was a cute little car, uh, cartoon sent to me the other day, and it's got the ASE certification patch, but it says, um, what is that? YouTube. YouTube expert or something like that. <laughs> um, here, here's what happens a lot of times. The mass airflow sensor is supposed to measure the amount of air that the engine is inhaling. What happens is is the tubes that go from where the mass air set flow sensor is to the throttle blades to where the mouth of the motor is, those things develop cracks in them or they're loose or they've been slightly displaced. So the engine knows that when the throttle's on the floor and the ground is level, it should see 60 grams of air flying down the throat of that motor. And for whatever reason, yours is reading 32 So the first thing you have to do is go in and inspect the entire ductwork from the mouth of the motor all the way past the air filter. Now the mass airflow sensor is going to be between the air filter and the mouth of the motor. So then the second thing you'd want to do on the mass airflow sensor after 130,000 miles is you'd want to get some mass airflow sensor cleaner inside the mouth, inside the heart of that mass airflow sensor because it's just a tube with a little bitty wire in the middle. And that little bitty wire glows bright red, and as the more air that goes across it, then the more it cools down and the more amperage it has to draw to. So it's actually the computer's reading the amperage necessary to keep that thing at this level. So in your particular case, we'd, and I want you to think about this. You and I are mass airflow sensors, and you're buck naked on a cold morning, and I'm wearing all kinds of clothes so what how do you feel versus how do what do i feel well the mass airflow sensor wire yours might have been full of clothes and it really needs to be naked stop (laughs) shaking your head so anyway come up with this but if i were you the first thing i'd do is is i'd check all the ductwork maybe take it apart and look at it stick a flashlight inside of it i'd clean the old mass airflow sensor put it back on uh pull the negative cable for you know a minute or two and go drive it and see what happens Somebody's going to have to plug a scanner into that. Someone's going to have to see if it's within range. But what's ironic is, is the two codes are different. Yes, the first code was mass airflow sensor. The second code said it was higher or lower than it should be. Right. Okay. So you so, got two separate issues there.
4: Right. The right, but since I uh, changed mass airflow sensor, it switched from one code to a different code. So. Um, well,
2: um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um, ask you um, there are three tiers of automotive parts where do you think i'm not asking you where you bought it because i don't want to get in trouble but if there's three tiers of automotive stuff and we talk about the dealers being first uh, according to most people, they wouldn't be yeah. first on my list. Then the second place would be name brands like Felpro and uh, Delco and Hitachi uh, and all that kind of stuff. And then the third group is is maybe you uh, find on the corner or something. Where did you buy that mass airflow sensor? Because I want to tell you something. I would have bet you spent three or four hundred dollars for that mass airflow sensor, and your hundred and forty is just. I'm 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 struggling. Well with that.
5: the 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 original
4: mass airflow sensor was a Bosch and okay. this mass airflow sensor that I put in it is a Bosch also. Same numbers it... on it exactly. So
2: Okay, well I'm surprised. Um there's all kinds of counterfeit parts out there. Um okay. hopefully the box looks like another well, Bosch box and
4: Yeah, well what I did, I I found a price and I had autozone match the price. So I found okay. a price from Auto House um, online, and they were 142. So I had AutoZone match that. So, and okay. and Auto House was a Bosch, and AutoZone was a Bosch. So, well, who? Okay, okay. So at this point, who I'm up on the uh, cactus and 51. Who in this area are good with uh,
6: sprinters?
2: Well, it's not a sprinter. Your mass airflow sensor is no different than every other car out there. It's a okay. matter of just who, whoever's got whoever's got a, a scanner that's capable of looking at the, at the a, 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 what effectively is a Mercedes Benz, right? Right. Okay. So whoever has a scanner, whoever can go out and drive it, and whoever can look up some minimum maximum airflows through it—that's all that needs to be done. But you're going to spend, you know, you're going to spend more. Well, you're likely to spend more on the diagnostic than you've already spent for the 140 on the mass airflow sensor.
4: Right. So right. I,
2: I'm 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 thinking that out of spec is still. A possibility of the air duct work you 've got and you 've got one hundred and thirty thousand miles on it, and it 's an o which it 's an o seven so it 's ten years old, one hundred and thirty thousand miles, a lot of heat and cold cool offs we call those. What do we call those?
3: Heat cycles. Uh, Heat cycles.
2: Thank you very much for that. Heat cycles. So, you know, I'd look there before you spend a bunch of money. But to answer your question, Kelly Clark over at 41st Street, 42nd Street, and Bell Road would be my first choice. If you're going to go west, then you go over to either Kurtz Automotive at Bell and I-17, or you go up to Action Auto at Deer Valley and I-17. Any one of those three guys, I'd call them first because they may not have a Mercedes-Benz scanner or a Sprinter scanner. But call them first, and any one of those three guys should handle it, Okay.
4: I appreciate it, Mark. Have a good day.
2: Okay. You betcha. But on, on the west side, Larry Harker's Auto Repair is one of those guys that he's a diagnostician extraordinaire. Now, I'm pretty good on the radio because I've been on the radio since 1988, but I think Bob at Larry Harker's Auto may be a tad better than I am at certain times. because He had more tenacity than I have. And I don't really need to have that tenacity because I've got... But anyway, he's really good. And there's been a couple of cars or trucks that people have called me about that I just don't really have time. But on the other hand, I had Bob at Larry Harker's Auto. So I sent two people to Bob, and he hit a home run on both of them. So if you're one of those people that starts off the conversation with Mark Salem at... You know I've had it to everybody in town, and nobody's been able to fix it, and I've spent eight hundred and twelve dollars and fifty three cents, or something like that. That's how the conversation's down. I'm gonna send you to Bob at Larry Harker's Auto. So he's at Thirty Eighth Avenue and in Indian School. He's been around since nineteen sixty seven. So he ain't he wasn't born yesterday, and he's got more than three whiskers on his face. That's Larry Harker's Auto, Thirty Eighth Avenue and in Indian School. Okay, Gil, what was the name of the bite of the uh, caller? Chris, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning?
7: Hi, Mark. I have a uh, 2003 Silverado 2500 diesel, uh, 89,000 miles. The um, gauges, my speedometer gauge, my um, battery gauge or altimeter gauge, my water gauge, speedometer, tachometer, they're not functioning, they're dead. The transmission cooler gauge is working, so is the fuel gauge, and so is my uh, water temperature gauge. What's going on?
2: Well, there's a couple of things that can be going on. You could actually need a certain part of your dash panel And I can't remember what the name of it is right now, but they have a name for the specific area of a General Motors dash panel that controls some of the gauges, but not all of the gauges. So the first thing that someone's going to want to do is pull the panel and plug it back in because of bad connection at the back of the panel. Then the question to you is, hey, Chris, over the next 10 days, how do we do? And so Mm -hmm. you're going to have to analyze that. That that's kind of a wasted effort, but th- there's a fifty percent chance that's going to do it. The mm. second thing that you would do then is is I'd probably go to Dick's or I'd call Dick Speedo and Tack up on Seventh uh, Street and Indian School North, right? And and give them your symptoms and ask them. Oh, stepper motor. Think of remember stepper motor. Um, ask him if this is a symptom that he can fix. The third right. possibility is is you call around to a bunch of shops and you say, when you pull a dashboard out of a General Motors car that has some gauges working and some gauges not, where do you send it? Exactly. And there's someone in town. I don't have the information in front of me, but there's somebody in town here that does the work, and most of us go through that person. So there. And if you, if there's three people between you and that facility, he may not do retail work. He may not do customer work. But... If there's three people between that facility and you, I can assure you there's markup one, markup two, markup three. So you want to yeah. kind of shortcut that a little bit. The last thing is is that, that you may need a reflash, and that's a situation where we connect your car to the cloud and we mm-hmm. download new software. Remember, 2003,
7: 2003, Mark, it's 2003. Are we still talking that technology?
2: Yep, yep, okay. yep, yep. Yep. And, and, and that's gonna cost you $128 at most places. And really and truly, it's $85 to attach to the cloud. And, and we take a laptop and we hook it up to your your car, and then we pay money to go to the cloud. We s- tell them what we want, and we say, hey, cloud, would you look this truck over? And the cloud mm-hmm. comes back and says, yeah, everything looks fine. What's the matter, Mark? Well, I'm, I'm having dashboard problems. Will you reflash the dash? Yes, I will. Hey, Mark, I found a, a, a new updated software for the transmission. Do you want that? Well, I'm going to call Chris and say... Hey, Chris, you having any transmission problems? Because as everybody knows, sometimes updates cause problems you didn't have before. <laughs> so I'm not making that decision for Chris. I'm going to let Chris make that decision.
7: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Okay? Well, let me, so, let, me
7: add, let me add this to the equation. I talked to my service advisor where I bought my truck, and I won't say where I bought my truck. I'm not going to give him a commercial. Okay. Uh, and he told me, that this was a common problem in my series of GM trucks and he says that I need to replace the entire panel at about 500 bucks
2: okay well, I can tell you, not too long ago, a guy took his car to a shop, and then he took his car to another shop, and the shop reflashed the the uh, dash panel, and the problem was fixed. And one estimate yep. was six, seven hundred dollars, and the other car re- the repair was less than two hundred dollars. So, you know, right you're, on. you're on your own, buddy. You're on your own. Nope. And, and 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 I think I think the big fear here is is you can't replace the dash panel without changing the odometer. And that's a problem because that's you have to have a high level of security to do that. Mm-hmm.
1: And frankly, there's
2: not a lot of people that can do that. So, mm-hmm. the idea of going just unplugging your dash panel and plugging a new one in, there's a big problem with that because of the mileage. So, right. all right, Chris, thank you very good. I got to run. Thank you very much, buddy. 1017 if you'd like to join us, you can 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Mark and Renee Salem at your service we will be right back.
8: Hello. And I wrote this message.
6: Progressive presents mind flowness with flow. Imagine yourself on a boat drifting on the cool, clear water. You haven't a care in the world because the boat is protected by progressive. You are the skipper of the SS Feel Good, and you're setting sail for Happy Town, where you're the mayor. Mayor skipper,
8: long may he reign.
6: Put your mind at ease. Protect your boat with insurance from Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates.
0: Make plans now for a -a once-in-a-lifetime adventure to the Holy Land. The Stand with Israel Tour is happening this fall. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on a nine-day trip to Israel that will offer you timely insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future in the context of Jerusalem's 50-year anniversary. Experience the Western Wall, modern Tel Aviv, the Dead Sea, and much more, all in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. For trip details, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com.
8: Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults, and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30.
3: Tanning doesn't make me look healthier.
1: My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does
8: tanning can cause wrinkles age spots and even melanoma the cancer that kills one person every hour and using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma
1: tanning doesn't make me glow my individuality does tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself
4: i got the job yeah (laughs) my
8: confidence does tanning doesn't make you more beautiful it only makes you more at risk stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology.
0: Patriot app tip number six. Find the latest articles from Town Hall, Hot Air, or even the most recent posts from Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, and more, all on the Patriot app news feed. Download the Patriot app at your app store today a station exposing the lack of transparency in the media today to hold the truth accountable 960 the patriot where truth matters the mechanic raised up from under welcome back everybody
2: my name is mark salem it is exactly 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock and we're here talking about car and car repair and All that kind of stuff. So if you'd like to join us, you certainly can. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Taylor, you hang on. i got about 20 seconds before I'm coming to you. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Automatic Transmission Exchange. Phil has been in the Valley since 1968. Him and his staff can do diagnostics. They can do the smallest transmission repair, which might be a rear tranny mount causing a clunk on a shift or all the way up to replacing or rebuilding the entire transmission. Every transmission is thoroughly tested using their new state-of-the-art dynamometer. So if you live in Central Phoenix, Automatic Transmission Exchange, we call it ATE, is located at 40th Street in Washington and now they're open on Saturdays from 8 to 12 so that you can stop by. They'll take a ride with you. If you can demonstrate the problem, you show them the problem, then they're going to want to switch places and they're going to want to drive it to feel and, and test the car because we can actually test the car's you know, operation while we're driving the car much better than sitting in the passenger seat and telling you what to do. So that's automatic transmission exchange. Taylor, good morning to you. How can I help you?
5: Morning, Mark. Automatic Transmission Exchange has done great work for me over the years. Uh, They've done a couple of transmission transfer case and axles, so I've been real happy with them over the years.
2: Good. Good to hear Um, that. Good to hear that.
5: Yeah, I've got a 1999 Chevy Suburban. It's got an oil leak on it, and I heard you talking about a buddy of yours that had a vehicle with an oil leak, and what he did is put newspaper underneath the vehicle and left it under night, overnight, uh so I did that. Last night I put some newspaper underneath my truck and uh <clears throat> this morning I uh backed up the truck and the oil spots are right on B six, right above the crossword puzzle.
2: Okay <laughs> And you want me to tell you where <laughs> that, they're at? That,
5: that, that, that's a joke, Mark. Come on. Yeah, you,
2: you 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 missed the part about we need to draw a line on the paper where the windshield is, and then we're going to move from there. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm just kidding. Uh, that that was just a joke. Okay. But I, I've got a I got a weird car. I've got a 2005 cross, Chrysler Crossfire. It's a you know it's a weird Mercedes-Benz Chrysler product. Uh, made in Germany, Mer- Mercedes engine and stuff. <clears throat> and every shop I call, I go, they go, uh, I say, you know, I've got a crossfire. Uh, Y'all working on it? They're like, oh, oh, yeah, we've seen one of those before. And uh, and I've looked online and, and the Dodge the Chrysler dealerships are getting terrible reviews for working on them, you know, in, in the little, you know, cross section of people that have crossfires. Uh, any idea what? Might be a good shop to try. Yeah. Well, you're not having you have a problem, to the but I, I want to find a problem. I mean, I want to find a shop now instead. You of have to, to change to the
2: question. Okay, go ahead. You have to. This question, you're not asking the right question. If you have a problem, then the question is: Is can you have you been successful diagnosing a suspension problem, a vibration problem, a cold start problem on a crossfire? The second thing is: is do you do oil changes on a crossfire? Can you do brakes on a crossfire? Can you ch- drain and fill my transmission? Can you can you identify an oil leak I've got on it? Stuff like that. So your question is defective. Um, you have to be specific because when we start talking about crossovers like Chrysler and Mercedes Benz and the Sprinter we had earlier in Mercedes Benz, and then you got General Motors, you got Chevrolet, you got Buick and Pontiac, you got all these other players, then you have to be specific. Um, i i don't i don 't put my money on any kind of reviews. Um, I looked at a company the other day that I was thinking about doing business with them, and they had terrible reviews. but I was going to order a float for my septic tank for thirty one dollars so I went <laughs> ahead and ordered the float and they they sent me an email within three minutes and said we got your we got we got your order and your credit card went through. And then in another three minutes, they sent me an email said, we just shipped it. And I got it 36 hours later from Milwaukee, I think it was. So I can't complain about them. So I felt obligated to go on there and say, you know, on this date at this time, I had a really good instance. I don't know. It's, it's common sense on reviews that the people that are most aggravated are the people that are most likely to go on and be aggravated. The other people just don't really have time in their lives to sit down and write a re- nice review about Mark Salem or about your business or about Renee's horsey business or whatever. So it's, it's I don't know. I don't know how to take that. However, as a business person, and most of us, all of us do, we watch our reviews. We respond to our reviews. But my biggest problem in a review is, is I get a nasty review, and in a public way, I said, you know, I, I don't have your name in my database, I have 44,000 customers, 38,000 customers, and I don't have Joe Schmo. So if you'll just give me the repair order number, then I can investigate your complaint where one of my service riders asked you if you wanted to have their baby. and uh, And I never get an answer. Oh, my goodness. I'm being, I'm exaggerating. Yeah, but. you think <laughs> that's never happened before? Oh, <laughs> no. yeah. Okay. But, but I'm, I'm drawing a mental. You know, you need to get with radio because we don't have the visual part of radio. Yes. And so you have to describe things with your mouth. Now, there's a lot of people out there laughing because of that, and there's nobody that's mad because I said that. Really? Yeah. And if they are six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty or or go someplace and flame me, I don't care. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I, I just think now the maintenance part of that is gonna be simple. The parts accessibility might be slightly different than some other cars. Slightly different. Um, I know yeah. Kurtz. I know Kurtz Auto wouldn't have any problem with this. Um, I, I know Action wouldn't have any problem with this. I know we wouldn't have any problem with this. Um, I know Mike over at Fennos in Tempe, Northwest Schumann's. Northeast yeah. Schumanns. Um, I know he wouldn't have any problem with this. Mm-hmm. Um, what part of town are you in?
5: Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've used Kurtz uh, over the years, uh, and, and they yeah. are one of the shops that are like that said, yeah, we, we've seen one of those before. Uh, yeah, we'd be happy to take care of it for you. Uh,
4: well, so I don't have you know, access.
2: Yeah, I don't have access to my database right now. I could look up on a Crossfire, um, and I could tell you how many we've had. But I can tell you right now, uh, Kurtz, you, you have to throw the gauntlet down at Kurtz. You have to say uh-huh. to Jeff, you know, I got this Crossfire, and... Everybody's scared to death of this thing, and so I'm looking for somebody that has a spine. I'm looking for somebody that has a good fundamental knowledge of spark, fuel, and compression. I'm looking for somebody who's going to be honest with me and tell me, "Hey, we're not the best ones to do this." Jeff, do you have any idea who that might be? And that's going to get you better than anything else. Jeff's a master I love technician it. himself. So, um, but anyway, well, thank you for that. That was a good conversation. And anybody else, 602 Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. 602 Renee's sitting here next to me. Our marriage for 43 years has been this. First of all, I married her when she was 10. That'll answer a lot of your questions. <laughs> Number two, we are known as Jack the Ripper and Snow White. So she wouldn't say a bad word if she had a mouthful of horse manure. Only and- to you. And that's true.
3: Yeah. That is to take exactly all my anger out on you. And
2: we will st- pick up <laughs> on that conversation on the underside of this break. I'm Mark Salem, she's Renee. We'll be back
1: after this.
6: If you're over 50 and concerned about any of the following, stay tuned for an exclusive free bottle offer. Are you concerned about your heart health? Are you interested in healthy brain function? What about joint comfort and energy? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, we want to send you a free bottle of Krill Omega 50 Plus now with CoQ10. Krill Omega 50 Plus with CoQ10 combines Krill Oil with fish oil in one tiny pill. And this little pill delivers big health benefits to your your heart, your joints, your arteries, and brain. And with CoQ10, you'll enjoy extra energy, too. Best of all, you can get a free bottle of Krill Omega 50 Plus with CoQ10 today. Just pay for shipping. Call right now and request your free bottle. Dial 1-800-679-5745. That's 1-800-679-5745. 1-800-679-5745. Again, call now. 1-800-679-5745. Seven forty-five.
3: so justin i was playing that video game forest brigade and it was pretty cool i was running down this like digital path and i met this digital frog he was all like then i went playing in this virtual stream where this water it looked almost real it was this whole electronic forest world so what did you do well my parents took me to the forest the real forest well, I was running down this, well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit, and I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool, too.
1: This weekend, Unplugged, getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family to find the forest nearest you go to discovertheforest.org brought to you by the u.s forest service and the I council
3: today my new dad and i shot off a rocket in the park
1: today my new son and i failed to shoot
0: off a rocket
3: the rocket launched into the air
0: and then crashed into the pond
6: i'll never forget that day i'll never forget that day even if i tried You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
0: Patriot app tip number seven. Not only is the app the best place to listen to your favorite Patriot shows and podcasts, but look out for special contests, giveaways, and even scratch games right at your fingertips. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Got an iPhone, BlackBerry, or smartphone? Download the Patriot app for your phone. Just go to your app store or log on to 960thepatriot.com
2: today. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Salem and Renee Salem at your service. We're sitting here talking about car and car repair issues And if you'd like to join us, you can, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And we're here to talk about car, car repair, car repair issues, and all kinds of stuff like that. So you're welcome to join us, 602-508-0960. So we're talking about the way it's been.
3: Yeah. I don't know where you got... You know, Snow White and Jack the Ripper, but whatever.
2: Actually somebody else coined no,
3: that. No, they didn't, yeah. Mark. Yeah, that was, was
2: you. No, nope, somebody else that coined it. That was you. No. Nope. Because everybody everybody thinks you're Snow White. They they I you am. are. You haven't you haven't said a bad word in all your life. Except to me. Right. And, and my and, friend Linda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In front of your friend Linda. That's right. You wouldn't call her any names, but you use bad words in front of her. That's right. And so, yeah, that that's kind of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about that you I don't I don't think I've ever heard you say anything nasty about anybody. You just kind of roll your eyes and I can tell that. I mean, that's kind of a a, a spectrum right there, but yeah,
3: mostly uh, about you. Well, oh, I get that all the time.
2: But when we're yeah. talking about another situation or an, another whatever. Okay. And and so our kids have followed us mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. We have Andy who is kind of a mix between you and I. Right. Firm, polite. And and everything in between,
3: diplomatic, di- yes,
2: diplomatic at times, and other times brutally honest. And then we have Alan who follows you. He yes. wouldn't say poop if he had a mouthful. Yes, um, he's a kind young man. That's a giant of a man, and he
3: doesn't have to use bad words. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just yeah, look yeah. at him and go, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got Allison that follows right after you.
2: Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy, she's poor Allison. Yeah. She she <laughs> she is she's rough and tumble. Mm-hmm. She's she's tough. She she doesn't cut anybody any slack. She okay. she'll be the first to raise her hand if you make her mad or if you say something she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And she's she's not as bad as I am
3: though. Mm. No, probably not. She's not quite as bad as
2: you. <laughs> yeah, but and, and I think I got it from my mother. I think more more than likely my mother. And 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 we talk about this in front of other people because there are times in our in our business that we've had to. I've had to explain to somebody that their parameters aren't my parameters. And I'll give you a good example. Not too long ago, Andy called us and said, um, "I have bad news for you." And I hate those calls. Yes. And she said I said, okay. So what happened? And she says, well, Alan just tossed his first customer. And I said, well, that's not really bad news, but I hope it's not somebody who's got a customer number that's two digit or three digit. Right. And she says, no, it was a brand new customer. And I said, okay, give me the particulars. Mm-hmm. And she says, okay, I'm working the front counter now. Keep in mind, my daughter is like running the operation. Alan is running the shop. So they they're both, but actually, Andy runs Alan. Okay. So she, and, like I were in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Kinda. yeah so, so so the lady comes up to the counter and she says something like this. I've had my car to everybody in town and nobody's able to fix my car. I filed Better Business Bureau complaints on almost all of them. And um, I've challenged the credit card charges on almost all of them. And I want you to take my car and I'm not going to pay you until I know you fixed it. So I'm going to give you my car. I'm not going to pay you. I'm going to drive it for some period of time, and then if it's good, I'm going to come pay you, and if it's not, I'm not coming back.
3: That's a little embellished because I did hear I was down there when she came in.
2: Okay, well, tell me. (laughs) Clean it up then.
3: (laughs) Well, she didn't say she was going to take it and not pay, but she was going to stop payment if it didn't work right. And then she was going to file a Better Business Bureau complaint. And as she's sitting in the lobby, she's calling the police on someone that pulled out in front of her on the road as she was pulling in or something. So she was just a problem lady that we didn't even want to start working on her car, which we didn't.
2: Okay, so then Andy says, thank you. And go ahead, finish up. You only got a minute and a half.
3: No, Alan just, the service writer said, what do I do? And Alan just said, I'll take care of this. And then they buttoned up her car and then they... You know, pulled it out front, and Alan said, ma'am, I'm sorry. We won't be able to help you. Thank you very much. Goodbye.
2: Did she run over him on her way out? (laughs)
3: No, but (laughs) if he was out there, she might have.
2: (laughs) Okay. So that's kind of, and I'm surprised that Alan took that, that, because he's not typically that way. Right. And I didn't know when she called me that the car had actually made it into the bays. I thought the car was still out in the front parking lot. No, I think
3: they barely pulled it in. And then she started in about all the Better Business Bureau stuff. So we already had a
2: work order on it. We had already created a customer file and all that because she was a new customer. So, and folks, all of us have software that we're going to just punch in and say, "Don't ever work for this customer again." So you're not going to sneak in the back door, and your license plate's going to pop you up, your VIN number's going to pop you up, your phone numbers are going to pop you up. So it's that kind of a deal. But that doesn't happen very often. But I can tell you, in our industry, it does happen. Sure, it does. There are times that we have to find customers who have un unintended expectations, or they're holding us to a standard of other people, other shops, or other experiences right
3: or they come in yelling at you and and they just assume that's the way they're going to get anything done they don't try talking nice to you they just automatically scream at you from the get-go
2: so well if they scream at you they probably are going to get something but if they get scream at me they're going to get escorted in the front. <laughs> they're going to door. get something else yeah 602 yeah. 508 <laughs> you got a car question a car problem or anything like that at all when we come back we're going to talk about the guy who had a whole bunch of motor work
0: Mark Levin believes it's time for Trump to have a talk with the American people. And I have some advice for the President of the United States. I think they need to know that the liberals in Congress, the liberals in the media, and yes, liberals appointed to the court, all seem to believe that our border should be open. You should make it clear that they're attempting to destroy your administration
6: one cabinet choice
0: at a time. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 9, on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot.
8: And I wrote this message. The letter showed up in my mailbox with no tracks in the snow, and it might have been signed by God.
6: You're not thinking about God, are you? you? Now
8: Mackenzie Phillips.
6: Do I know you? Believe in miracles. Why did you bring me here? The pain inside is devouring you.
3: We'd like to heal it if you'd let us.
6: That's why you're here, Mackenzie. This is your flying lesson. The Shack rated PG-13 may be inappropriate for children under 13. Soundtrack featuring the new single When I Pray for You from Dan and Shay. Now playing in theaters. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next? Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do you want me to stop?
2: Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends.
6: Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. (laughs) The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
5: You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day, but by taking just a few minutes to read with your child, you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read, and are read too, do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn.
0: A message from the Arizona Education Association.
2: Well, it's 44 minutes after the hour for at the hour 10 o'clock. You're having Uh. trouble
3: with time too. Well, there's a lot of fours on my screen. (laughs) It was 44
2: minutes and 44 seconds or something like that. So anyway, 44 minutes after the hour 10 o'clock, we're going to be here for another hour. But there's plenty of time to get on 602-508-0960. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Action Auto. Tom is located at I-17 in Deer Valley, northwest corner. He owns a full-service, family-owned auto repair shop, and he's served Deer Valley and the North Phoenix area since 1983. Whatever your repair arts needs, whatever your repair needs are, you can visit Tom and his staff for quality workmanship, excellent customer service, and a pretty doggone fast turnaround time. Now, your technicians are going to be ASE Master-certified technicians. That means they know how to diagnose the problem, repair the problem bid the problem, and then test drive the car to verify the problem's gone. That's what a master does. So if you, as a vehicle owner, want to deal with a shop that's going to have good communication, this is what we're doing and why, then Action Auto Repair at I-17 here in Devalley is a great place to go. Kevin, good morning to you. How can we help you?
5: Hey, good morning. I got a question on an old car. If you can pull this off. you I have mean, having starter problems with it? And no, normally what it is is it's an it's a old car. It's an old Firebird, and it's got a Corvette motor. And it's got an old 327 motor in it. And it's, the mm-hmm. motor's pretty built, and I bought it. But when I go to start it, um, it sounds like the solenoid's not engaging. You know, it'll go quick, but it's still grabbing, and then it'll it'll start. And I've, I've adjusted the shim. Um, it's got a long run. The battery's in the trunk.
2: You have to do a volt drop test first of all. Uh-huh. So you're going to have to go back to the battery and you're going to have to take a voltage reading off the battery before you ever try to start it. Right. And then you're from your positive you're going to leave your positive attached and you're going to start touching all the grounds in the trunk area and hopefully even to the frame. Now, if you got 12.8 straight at the battery, you better get 12.8 every place you move that ground. Every single place. Now, right. if you took that ground and went to the frame, then that's, you got to fix that problem because the frame's not grounded to the motor because the motor sits on three rubber pillows. Right. So you've got to ground the frame to the engine. So if you did ground the frame, then you've got to get another battery cable and go from up front to the frame to the motor. So okay, after look. we do a volt drop test... We're going to move positive. We're going to hang on to the positive side of the battery and boom, 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 touch the engine, touch the firewall, touch the frame, touch everything, even if we have to use long wires to do it. Then we're going to put the negative on the negative side of the battery, and we're going to go up and touch the power supply to your your, your general motor starter with the solenoid on the top. And if the battery says 12.8, when we touch the starter terminal at the 12 o'clock position on the solenoid, it better say 12.8. Now, yeah. After you do this volt drop test, I'm pretty sure you're missing the ground. But the other thing is going to be is, is you're going to put your voltmeter on the battery, and when you hit the key, if it drops anywhere near 9.6 volts, you got a problem with probably the battery or the starters asking for too many amps, because 9.6 is the line. You drop below 9.6, you, you, I don't care what happens, you're you're in bad shape. You're not going to start the car, and you're going to have problems. So 9.6 is that automatic level. Under the best of conditions, you might drop from 12.8, a fully charged battery, or 12.9 or 13 volts, a fully charged battery, down to 11.5, maybe 11.8. It also depends on this high-performance 327 motor you have. Does it have a distributor, and if so, what kind of distributor does it have?
5: Oh, I'm trying to think It's a well, the, is it I know an the battery. Uh, gosh, it's MSD, D? All
2: right. Okay, MSD. You're going to want to pull uh, some connection. Disconnect the, the distributor when it's cranking over. If uh-huh. it cranks over normally, ruh, 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 when the distributor is disconnected, and you connect the distributor and it goes, ruh, ruh, ruh. that means you have too much timing in the car. Okay. So by disconnecting the distributor, that'll answer that. Okay. <laughs>
5: Yeah, it's a brand new battery, so that's not a problem. And I know it's it's grounded to the frame from the from the engine block, but still got to check all the all the all the positives and negatives, I guess.
2: So. okay when you got to do a volt drop test and you know you can say that there's it's a new battery and so you're going to skip all that stuff but um i wish i had a nickel for every time i installed a new battery and then the customer was towed in the next day and the brand new battery out of the box you know had died on the shelf somewhere and right. and although it had a green eye and 13 volts in it it didn't mean it was good so yeah. i don't think you ought to sk- i don't think you ought to skip that step but nevertheless but thank you very much kevin good all luck right. to you buddy Kevin or uh, Felix you're up next Felix how can I help you
5: hey there Mark how about uh, explaining what a constant velocity uh, transmission is I, I remember one one of your shows you had mentioned it and I kind of blew it off but I was looking at a car recently and it said it had a constant velocity transmission in
2: it <sighs> well the constant velocity transmission is like a snowmobile it doesn't have any gears It has two pulleys, and the belt rides down low. Or as the pulleys go faster, the belt rides higher. So it just basically is a snowmobile transmission. Uh, It's like a Polaris with uh, any kind of a belt drive, and there is no yin 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 gears kind of thing Uh, on the on the low end. When you come off the throttle, it's going to give you a low gear ratio. But as the belt again rides, and you have two pulleys, you got a small one. Are you an engineer? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: oh god i don't need to exp- i'm needed to explain it for all the other people there's two <laughs> pulleys a small one and a big one and of course when we're running the small one fast and the big one slow that's first gear then when we turn around and we start driving the big one uh, slow and the small one really fast then that's high gear how'd they do you did good He's still an engineer.
3: I know he is. I you know. pegged him right from right. the call. I got, he's <laughs> from enge- his name. <laughs> he's an he's engineer.
5: Hi, Felix. Yeah. Hello. Well, you, I, now, and they are, they're reliable, they're good or, or bad, or it doesn't matter. I mean, they just—they work.
2: I'm going to change your question. Mark, okay. would you buy a CVT transmission? There you go. And I would, there you go. I would say, no, I wouldn't, and neither would Renee, or we'd be in divorce court. <laughs> um, first of all, when they go bad, nobody can fix them. So okay. you're stuck with a crate one out of out of a very expensive warehouse, and nobody can diagnose them, nobody can fix them, nobody can fix any problem on those. And the fix on those is let's replace it. And so when you start uh, talking okay. about a transmission out of the box that might be four, five, six thousand dollars, that's yeah. before the shop marks it up. Just a minute, Felix. That's before we install that Hummer. Then uh, no, there. And you know the fuel economy and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's so insignificant that a CVT transmission, it's, it's, it's for the tree huggers, Felix, and it's from the people in the Washington, Oregon area. It's from the people up there who, who, who don't shave their legs, okay? So <laughs> oh <my>. so, <laughs> so Felix, if I offended your wife, I'm sorry, and she wants a CVT, but um, your question is, is I wouldn't buy one ever. All right. right.
5: That's that's why I and uh I recall that you had said something bad about him the last time around. Okay, thanks to your info, Mark.
2: righty, you bet. Bye. And and it's not it's it's not um it's I do have vehicles with C V T transmissions. You the do? big the big uh, six seater Polaris the one we take out in the forest. Right. That's a CVT. Okay. And then that's that H50 Polaris mm-hmm. we have, that's a CVT. And Lexi's quad from Suzuki, that's a CVT, but they only come in CVT okay. Okay. That, so you
3: lied. You you would never buy one. I had to buy them. If I wanted that, <laughs> I had, had to. Had, but it didn't
2: come with a four-speed or a three-speed. Okay. All right? And then as far as Lexi's is concerned, my, uh-huh. my granddaughter, the reason I wanted to get her away from that Honda that had a four-speed is she kept blowing up the motor on it. Yeah. They'd... So the kids don't understand that when you put them in third gear, they don't understand the motor going, e-, or going, e-, because they don't hear that. Right. They don't know that. So how many times did she bend the valves by taking that motor into an RPM range? It had no business being in
3: Yeah, I think a couple of the kids did that. No, you're right. You're right. It wasn't just the girl. It was a boy, too. She did, I think she did it twice. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> okay. And
2: Mark and Rex did it at least once, and they wouldn't admit who was driving it. Yeah. But her Suzuki has a CVT. Now, the CVT, the only time we've ever had a problem is is that we know that we were pulling a, a, a Harrow out in the, in the pasture, mm-hmm. and we were going on and off the throttle, and we, we cupped the belt right. so it had a chatter to it. So I put a new belt on it. Actually, I paid somebody to put a new belt on it because they could do it cheaper than I could do it. And, um, and the problem was solved, but I kept the old belt.
3: Is that why that Polaris used to always make that noise too? That chatter, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or it would and make that, was, that squealing
2: noise. Well, and, yeah. and 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 that was Alan's fault because he took it out. Remember that time he took that other Polaris out and then he called me and he says, hey, "Do we have any callers, Gil?"
3: Oh, Gil's Gil's taking a caller right now.
2: Okay. All right. Do you remember one time, my son? Okay. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty, six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty, 960 Alan, our grown son. He takes a bunch of friends out in this, in this, this uh, big Polaris. It's a four-seater, um, side-by-side, big motor and all that stuff. So he calls me and he says, hey, um, could you help me? And I said, yeah, what's the matter? And he goes, well, he says, I had a little accident with the, the Polaris. And I said, okay, where do you want me to meet you? And he goes, Granadel's Road. He says, just just drive down till you see us. And I said, okay. I said, what do I need to bring? And he goes, the horse trailer. And I go, <laughs> the horse trailer? And he goes, yeah, the horse trailer. And I said, so we're hauling this home in a horse trailer. And he goes, yeah. So I get there, and the whole front end's blown off of it, if you remember. The oh, I
3: thought it was the rear, but, yeah, no. I know one of them was blown off of it, it, it. Yeah,
2: The front end's blown off of it. So it takes us and 40 other guys that we stop on Granite Dell to lift the front into the horse trailer, and we can never lift the back into the horse trailer. What we don't understand is is when the left <laughs> front got blown apart, it applied the brakes. That's the reason we could never slide it and get it into the horse trailer. So we came up with the brilliant dist- this idea that we were going to rope it into the back of the horse trailer and we were going to drag it home with the rear wheels on the ground.
3: I remember that, and so, you made Alan sit in it. So. I
2: made Alan sit in it, <laughs> because he wrecked it. That's right. So he's in the, he's in the quad, and then all of a sudden, we're, we've been gone a mile, and he starts screaming bloody murder, and I look in my rearview mirror, and there's a lot of smoke back there. Mm-hmm. So I pull over, and he jumps out of the quad, and he goes, it's on fire, it's on fire. Well, what we didn't understand was is that when he blew the left front tire off, the left front tire bent the brake pedal and caused it to apply the brakes with tremendous force. So we didn't know that the back tires were locked up. So when we started dragging it, we just smoked the rear brakes. Yeah, oh my so,
3: gosh. Yeah, I remember that was a mess.
2: Yeah, your little son.
3: Well, I'm surprised you found 40 guys out on Granite Dells Road, though. I, I guarantee <laughs> you. I
2: can guarantee you. Marked. Alan had Alan had That's three. That's
3: another embellished story. Shh, just a minute.
2: <laughs> Alan, they're better when you embellish. <laughs> <laughs> there was Alan and history guys. And there was me and I took a guy, there's six, and we at least had four, five, or six other guys that stopped and asked. And that's a conservative that's number. That's under
3: 20 then. Okay, go ahead. You
2: know, you're, you, you, your radio career is almost over. I'm oh, good. You. Yeah, yeah. I have
3: a lot to do out in the barn. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, you're going to have a lot more to do because you're going to be sleeping out in the barn. This portion of my
3: little house. Huh? That's
2: right. Yeah, and the bathroom, I'm going to turn the heater off in no the bathroom. No way. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Air Park Auto Service. Nadine and Stacy opened Air Park Auto Service in 1985, about the same time Renee and I opened our shop. They're located on Raintree, just east of Hayden, which is just south of Bell or um, whatever that, what's that, Frank Lloyd Wright Boulevard. They're still family owned and operated. Stacy passed away a few years ago, but Nadine is in charge, and this truly is a lady a female operated repair shop they've always been on my best car repair shops list for years and years They're a state-of-the-art facility clean and green and they have the latest diagnostic tools and they service most makes and models of vehicles including all kinds of trucks so if you live in the north scottsdale area and you don't already have a shop or perhaps you are more comfortable talking with a lady and a lady um... created environment and certainly a lady who writes the personnel policy and the manual of procedure, then maybe Air Park Auto, again, on Raintree, just east of Hayden, would be the repair shop that you would go. Next hour we got an open bank, so you can jump in right now and you can get on. We're gonna be back it's by about a minute and a half till the top of the hour, then about three minutes were the commercials. So you're gonna have to wait about three and a half, four and a half five minutes. Go ahead and correct me, Mrs. Mathematician. <laughs> And, uh, and say goodbye to Renee because this will be her last radio <laughs> this is show. My last hour. Yeah. This is her last. No, it isn't. You promised you'd do both. Um, so, but I thought
3: you were kicking me off. Her radio,
2: I- your radio show career is <laughs> over, um, soon. We'll be back right after this.